This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. 1 Timothy 3.16 Good to have Brother Carl back with us this evening, the Globetrotter. <laughs> have you ever been to Harlem? You been into Harlem? Yeah, time or two? I'm going to start reading in verse 14 again, and I think we'll finish up this chapter tonight. We spent a lot of time here, uh, but uh, I think we'll we'll uh, we'll finish this up tonight and move on into chapter four, Lord willing, next week. First um, Timothy 3:14 through 16. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Amen. Um, Great... Paul says, is the mystery of godliness. This is without controversy. There's agreement that this mystery of godliness is great. And what is it? He sums it up with a, uh, what, what is thought to be uh, lines from a hymn, an early hymn or, or confession possibly. Um, God was manifested in the flesh. God was justified in spirit. God was seen by angels. God was preached among Gentiles. God was believed on in the world and received up in glory. Obviously, that's talking about Jesus Christ, right? So, when, when he writes and says the church is the, is the uh, pillar and ground of the truth, and then essentially says this is what the truth is that we hold forth, that we, that we support for the world to see, um, notice again that it, it is Christ centered truth, Christocentric. Um, this is what, so as we said last week, this is what the church is all about. The church is all about truth. Truth. Um, we're to hold forth the truth for the world to hear, to see. Um, we're to demonstrate the truth with our lives. We're to, we're to proclaim the truth. And, and again, this is uh, uh, the gospel. Uh, in in a few lines here. Now we spent already a lot of time on on the first phrase, so I'm I'm gonna just just read that one again and, and skip over it tonight. But uh, just remember, kind of the key thing there: God was manifested in flesh, and 
That word manifested is the idea of, of uh, making known or making visible. So, so the key thing there, God made Himself known in flesh. He became a man. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And justified in spirit. Seen by angels. Preached among the nations. Believed on in the world. Received up in glory. Now this little, uh, this little hymn, uh, as we've been calling it, um, is uh, built around the verbs. That, that's what's important here. He's manifested, justified, seen, preached, believed, received. Received up, literally. Um, God was manifested, justified, seen, preached, believed, received up. Well, we've talked uh, to, a, to a, a great degree about what it means to be manifested in flesh. What about the rest of these? Justified in spirit. If, you're, if your translation is like mine, it has the word spirit capitalized. And you know when you, when you see that, that's talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, the third person of the uh, Trinity, the Godhead. Um, but um, that would be the work of the translators. Um, in other words, they're the ones that put the capital S there because uh, that's what they believe it meant. But, but it could actually be taken either way, justified in spirit, which I think is, is, is in other words, with a, with a little s, just meaning spirit as opposed to flesh. Uh, I think that's probably the better way to understand it because of the contrast here. God was manifested in flesh, justified in spirit. He was, he was made known, seen, made visible. John said we, we beheld His glory. He was, he was made known in the flesh. And he was justified in spirit. So if we take it that way with a, with a little s instead of a capital S, justified in, the, in, in spirit... Not, not meaning the Holy Spirit, but just meaning in spirit as opposed to uh, the natural realm or the, or the uh, fleshly realm. Um, what would that mean, justified in spirit? Well, Jesus, uh, in, his, uh, in, his, in His person, in His lifestyle, in His conduct, in His mannerisms, proved uh, to Himself to be God. Um, John MacArthur says it this way, Jesus was declared to be righteous with respect to His spiritual nature. He was declared to be righteous with respect to His spiritual nature. He was sinless. He was perfect. A um, few verses here you may remember us dealing with from, uh, book of, from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 4.15 for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He never sinned. Hebrews five nine, having been made having been perfected, rather, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So there having been perfected, when we dealt with that, we talked about the idea of him completing his uh, work that he came to do. It's not that he was ever 
uh, not perfect in the sense that he was ever unrighteous. He was never unrighteous. But he had to complete the work that he came to do. And he did that, um, uh, was, was made perfect through suffering or, or uh, having become perfected in that sense, he became the author of eternal salvation. He was, he was uh, justified or declared to be just in respect, with respect to his spiritual nature. Uh, another one, Hebrews 7.26, For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. Uh, he was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Calvin, John Calvin says it this way, There was displayed in him a spiritual power which testified that he is God. Now, what uh, if it is to be taken the other way, and that is a reference to the Holy Spirit, um, what would it mean, justified in or by Spirit? Well, first thing that comes to my mind, um, for example, Romans chapter 1, Verse 3, Romans 1, 3, Concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, also a contrast here between flesh and spirit, concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. So what I'm saying is this. Um, this second line could be a reference to his being declared uh, to be righteous or being vindicated. Some translations use that uh, that term instead of uh, instead of uh, justified. He was vindicated in the Spirit or in the power of the Holy Spirit or by the power of the Holy Spirit in his resurrection, because in his resurrection he was declared to be the Son of God with power by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so He was made known in the flesh, or made known in flesh, justified in Spirit, either a reference to His own spiritual nature or a reference to the testimony of the Holy Spirit um, bearing witness to His, uh, His righteousness. And seen... By angels, another interesting one, I think. Um, seen by angels. Manifested in flesh, justified in spirit, seen by angels. Um, let me give you a couple of examples here. Throughout his life and, and uh, well, his, his, his life and his uh, resurrection and ascension, and, and there, there are others to point to. I'm just picking a couple here. Um, where uh, angels were involved. Mark 1.13, uh, in, the, uh, in the wilderness, um, Mark 1.13 says, And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels 
ministered to him. Be interesting to know exactly what what went on there, wouldn't it? <laughs> maybe, maybe we will <clears throat> later. At his resurrection, angels on the scene. Matthew twenty-eight two, for example. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And then at his ascension, Acts one verses nine through eleven. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven." So again, refers to him there as two uh, men in white apparel, but uh, seem to be angels. So he was seen of angels in his during his ministry, um, at the resurrection, um, at the ascension. You've got the involvement of angels. And I want to throw uh, one other thing out to you here that I think is a, is a possibility, and, and you can just kind of weigh it out for yourself, okay? And and. Uh, uh, reject it, that's fine, or, or you may think it makes sense. <clears throat> but the word angel here is, is a, a common word for messenger. Angelos. Uh, sometimes it's translated messenger, messengers. Um, there are a few passages in the Scripture that uh, seem to me that they're usually interpreted as referring to Angels, celestial beings, but they seem to me to be able to go uh, the other way just as easy and just be a reference to uh, men, messengers. In other words, believers or, or maybe preachers or apostles. Um, for example, one of them we dealt with in Hebrews. Hebrews 13.2 Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. Uh, that's the same word that's used here. Now, like I say, that's commonly uh, interpreted as, as meaning angels, and that's why it's translated that way. But um, that's one that really, to me, makes sense if the writer of Hebrews is, is saying, uh, be careful to entertain strangers for you may be dealing with other believers at times and not know it. So I'm just saying it could be could be a reference to Men, meaning uh, other believers, or meaning preachers. You know, they had they had preachers going around uh, referred to as messengers. Jesus is spoken of as sending messengers. Uh, some of his disciples sending messengers ahead to uh, prepare uh, feast for him. John the Baptist's disciples are called messengers. Uh, in Luke 7, for example, when the mess- Luke 7:24, when the messengers of John were, de- were departed, that's the word angelos, or angeloi. When the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. Uh, so it's, it's a common word for uh, angelic beings. It's a common word for messengers like preachers or disciples. So um, I'm just throwing that out here because that would make sense to me here as well. Seen by messengers. What would be an example of that? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, if, if it's referring to men. 
Um, this would be an example, I would say. First Corinthians 15, 1, the Apostle Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, He was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present but some have fallen asleep. In other words, died. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. So, there, Paul gives a a list of men, believers, that Jesus appeared to after the resurrection. And so what I'm suggesting is that's possibly what uh, is being referred to here when it says seen by messengers, or, as we already saw, it could, could indeed be referring to angelic beings. So God was manifested in, the, in flesh, justified in spirit, seen by angels, and proclaimed among the nations. That is, the word about Him is, is preached among the nations. Um, one of the uh, things we touched on a little bit recently in our Sunday school class was is the uh, some of the events that we're told must happen before Jesus return and one of them is that the gospel goes out into all the world well at least in one sense that has already already happened he's been preached among the nations for example in Colossians 1 6, Paul talks about uh, the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul would say that that way uh, in the first century. The gospel has, it has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. So it's gone out to all nations. God, the Word of God, the, the, the uh, mystery of godliness, this mystery that's now revealed, made known in flesh, justified in spirit, seen by angels or messengers, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world. And I suppose, uh, as we just read, everywhere that the gospel goes, there have been some... Believers, some saved. Uh, again, Colossians 1.6, Paul says, "...which has come to you as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth." Going out into all the nations and it's producing fruit, Paul says, just like it is among you. Believed on in the world... Received up in glory. Taken up in glory. 
a reference to the ascension, uh, no doubt. Um, Mark sixteen nineteen. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, He was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And again, Acts one eleven. The angel said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So he's received up in glory. Believed on in the world, received up in glory. And remember the... the, uh, Parallelisms we, we talked about when we started this. There, there are three here. Uh, two line, you know, you got the first two lines, the middle two lines, and then the last two lines. In the first two lines, you've got uh, flesh and spirit. And then in the middle, middle two lines there, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, you've got angels and Gentiles. And then believed on in the world, received up in glory. World and glory in opposition to each other, uh, paralleled. And it's all talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus was manifested in flesh, like we talked about last week. Justified in spirit, or vindicated in spirit. He was shown to be divine. Shown to be God. He was declared to be the Son of God with power by the Holy Spirit in the resurrection from the dead. He was seen by angels, messengers, um, either men or angels, but both are true. He was, he was seen by, by both. Preached among the nations, proclaimed among the Gentiles. Jesus was believed on in the world. And Jesus was received up in glory. That's, that's the mystery of godliness that, that Paul says is, is mega. <laughs> so It's so great that God has made Himself known in the person of Jesus Christ. In all, in all these things that um, were done... Manifested, justified, seen, preached, believed, received up. All of these things that were done in and by Jesus is God's revelation of Himself to us. It is the mystery of godliness that was hidden, but is now revealed. The mystery of godliness that Paul says is Without controversy, great, great. God has made Himself known, seen, uh, preached, believed on in Jesus Christ. This is the truth. This is the truth that we hold forth as the church. This is what the church is all about. The church, the message of the church, the mission of the church... Christocentric, Christ-centered. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word.
And Lord, we thank You for these, these great truths. You revealing Yourself to mankind for the salvation of sinners. Lord, we ask for Your wisdom and enablement in doing our part in proclaiming this message to the world. May Christ be seen in us, in our lives, in our conduct. May Christ, uh, the Word of Christ be heard in our speech. And Lord, may, uh, may it all bring glory and honor to Your name. May souls be saved. We thank you and we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.